Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Father John. Father Michael Lawrence Rapp, coming back at you from uh, Roma. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're doing well. We are uh, recording round two this evening, but it'll come out, I think, about a month from now. So they're going to be well into June. Hopefully I will have survived the summertime finals, final exams. Hopefully you are still doing whatever you do all day long, <laughs> writing, writing a doctorate, yeah. whatever that means. Trying to read books, writing. Um, summertime means, well, I guess what does summertime listener, mean? Listener land is hard to define geographically, right? But uh, in the states, that was something like. Slacklining, going to the park. Slacklining. Playing spike ball. Oh, spike ball. Do you know about spike ball? Now that you're just a leading question, we're going to start with that? Well, I mean, I'm like asking the the audience. Oh, you're asking them. Because this is one of John's favorite This is it. I I love spike ball. And uh, my friend Molly Roggin and I uh, defeated the universe in spike ball two years ago. You were there. Were you there for that? I was not. Oh. You might have given us a run, but uh, I got a pretty sporty, uh, sporty spice. Is that one of the Spice Girls? That's my teammate. She's pretty, <laughs> she's pretty amazing. And uh, we were trying to figure out we're Germany, Team Germany. It was a World Cup of spike ball. And the question now is, can we still defend our universal conquest wearing traditional Bavarian garb? That's the question. Oh, you're gonna try it? If I'm in leather pants, lederhosen. And she's in a dirndl. Can we still destroy everybody? Oh, look That's at the this. question. Love pride. They're turning it up a notch. Love pride. This is like a lawn game. It's pretty cool. It's like reverse volleyball. It's oh, really it's hard to best. explain. So you could just kind of go. It's I don't the best. Know, just Google YouTube it. it or something. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's a it's a great sport. We can't do it here because there's no grass in the city. But uh, we love spike ball. We'll be playing spike ball this summer. Oh yeah. But let's go back to another uh, world conquest here. We, you mentioned it in the last podcast, but um, Father Mike Rapp. The oh, uh, yes. semi now now you're a finalist. I am the, a finalist. Uh, North American College Invitational tennis tournament. So surprising everybody coming out of the woodwork. This guy wasn't even invited to the Invitational. Kind of came in true. the back I'm a door. Fill-in. And uh, you're like that uh, English uh, soccer team. Who's that? There's there's one team that's like destroying I know, everybody I right now. I forget the name. Uh, too. I wouldn't you would know if he was listening to this. Yeah, they were the Cinderella story. Cinderella, you you are the Cinderella story of a Roman tennis, American well, tennis players right now. Well, I don't want to brag, but it was pretty good tennis today. He was described. I, I as, tell you uh, what, though, I got to confess, my body is wrecked. Yeah. I might like just take periodic breaks in the middle of this podcast. Just pause it. Just to stretch. Yeah. Well, we won't pause. I'll just make you talk. You have uh, yeah, low bone density. I do. Have he once went density. to the doc. Uh, is this too much information? No, and, uh, that's the fine. doctor told know. him uh, you have the bone density of a postmenopausal woman. So that's kind of uh, going to be part of it for sure. I don't believe this. See, it was one of those one of those uh, kind of exams. What, what was it? I forget the name of this this group, but they came to the parish. They offered free, um, like. A physical exam for all of the staff and then they give it to us one one piece was this bone density test like an ultrasound of the ball of your foot right and then uh, they report that I have the the bones of a postmenopausal woman and then they offer to sell me supplements of with course calcium do, yeah. and vitamin yeah. D and right. all these yeah, so that I don't I don't really believe you know, the but, report you know but 
I've picked up the nickname Grandma Bones. Grandma Bones is a common companion nickname for you. Yeah. The um, Father Lebsack, though, gave you calcium supplements, right? Yeah. And I don't take them very faithfully, but I should. This is the funny thing about um, meeting avid podcast listeners is they'll meet you and they're looking at you and they're like, he's got low low bone density. Oh, yeah. How's and that you're like, I just density? met you like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so... We disclose all I kinds don't of know. details. Look, so. if you have low bone density, then you break bones all the time. Yeah, and you I don't, don't break bones. Uh, you're kind of like a Gumby type. I did get um, pretty serious shin splints on today. the, on the uh, Camino. Not uh, today. Yeah. But I think that's related to low bone density. I don't know I what don't went know. on on the Camino, as we talked about last month. That oh, was yeah, just, it was crazy. Who knows, man? Who knows? Anyway, today I feel like I just walked... Um, 50 miles like a Camino day. Well, you did well. And your most recent tennis conquest, Father James Platania, described you as Il Conilio. Oh, yes. The rabbit. I bounce around everywhere. But I think you fooled him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he plays it off like, oh, it's just cool having fun. And then, oh, no, next thing you know. Oh, I get you very get tennis intense. balls in your face. You know, I'm a second child. I, I hear about this all the time yeah. from the companions. But... It's true. I am rather competitive when it comes down to it. In certain, I don't know, in in certain aspects of life, one of those being sports. And uh, I like to, uh, I get pretty intense when I play. Yeah, you and Gobes, both second child. I wonder if Olaf is the oldest. I don't know. You guys, you and Gobes, so definitely, there's a little bit of a complex there. We're working through it, you know. Yeah, I mean, the oldest, (laughs) they just know that they're the best. Right, right. And then the second has to prove it. Second has to prove it, and so they work twice as hard at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that. But it was good tennis. But you today. have a good older brother. I'm very proud to be I, in the I, finals. I, I don't think Andy, uh, your older brother, gave you too much of a hard oh, time. Oh, my my brother. He's fantastic. pretty chill. And actually, he was one of my my best tennis partners of all of life. Nice. Yeah, he seems a bit too virtuous for me to be an oldest. As an oldest child, he's like too chill and like balanced. I'm like, what? No, you're supposed to be kind of a jerk and like. Kind well, of, he's yeah. not a jerk, but he, he does everything right. Right. Yeah, everything's yeah. right in his parents' eyes, and he's yeah, right. excelling at life in every possible <laughs> realm. I think. I don't know. I'm looking. I at, think he's a first child. I'm looking at you and your bro in my nephews right now because um, Jackson is just like. Golden child and Micah is totally going to be you when he grows up. He's just, just like super chill, just kind of got this look on his face like you're all crazy. <laughs> all of you are crazy, and I'm not buying it, and I don't really care. And I was like, you're going to be a little little Father Mike Rap. <laughs> oh no, that's my godson, <laughs> Micah Lad. Fortunately, Katie yeah, doesn't listen kind to of vice. Katie and Jordan don't listen to the podcast, so I think we're okay on that. As I psychologically diagnose their children, they're very small children. Yes, very small. But with that being said. The second child is going to have a first child style podcast tonight, doesn't he? Oh, well, we'll see. I just want to, with my my topic on Ignatian spirituality, I want to look at the uh, just a couple of things that could help people with prayer and just kind of the day-to-day prayer, um, things that have helped me and that are uh, kind of a standard for those of us who have been formed in Ignatian spirituality, but are, are helpful for anybody. Now, if I, if you don't mind me interrupting you, because that sounds great, but what are you going to call this podcast? Because you always have to have some kind of off-the-wall topic, like oh, aliens yeah. in Spain or what I learned from my canine. 4Q521. You guys Four Q remember Q that? 4Q521. They enjoyed it. 
Oh, yeah. good. Well, I don't know what... I, uh, John Leindecker enjoyed that one. I'll have to... He's hard yeah, to impress. Thank you, John. John Leindecker. Yeah, I'm, I'm, John Leindecker is a mensch. He's an oldest child, yeah, probably. Yeah, he's a dude. He's he, a came, dude. he came to our house when we were studying the Companions of Christ and taught us about, for like an hour and a half, about how to be manly Christians. Yeah, how to evangelize you know? men. And what did he do to explain that to us when he walked in? Can we say that? Oh, yeah. He slapped his piece on the kitchen counter. Yep. A pistol, a gun. (laughs) He took his gun out of his pocket and said, is there a place where I can leave this? And just (laughs) unloaded it. And it was a total show. Uh, No, that's... It was definitely part of his... uh, part of the teaching. His talk on... We learned. Manliness. You got to have a gun in your pocket at all times if you're a real man, which we don't. Welcome to... I mean, internationally, people give us a hard time for, for the American gun policy. But I'm actually pretty proud of it. We love it. That a yeah. dude can walk into our house. And totally. And I think he even said, it's my wife's gun. And we're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this is over the top. Uh, okay, back to Ignatius, though. Okay, so Ignatius, a um, couple of things that can help with prayer. One is that Ignatius of Loyola, who's a, really a master of prayer, I think that's like his greatest gift. Mm. And the reason why um, Ignatius, who is the founder of the Jesuits, um, has had so much influence on the church for so long, and the Jesuits have, because they're meant to teach about prayer, and he gave them very practical, wise teachings about how to lead people in prayer and teach them to pray. Nice. Um, two of those things are the examine a, a thrice daily. Is that a word? Thrice. Thrice Three daily times? examine. I believe it's a very old word. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean to say three times Nobody a day. Nobody says like dreis, though, or trice. Dreis. <laughs> dreis, yeah. Twice. Twice. Is the word. <laughs> Sorry. All right, cut me <laughs> off. be late. No more, no more bourbon. not a word. Okay. So, um, we don't edit these, anyway, remember that. Three, Have mercy. Three times a day, uh, <laughs> Ignatius recommends <laughs> making an examination of your life. Um, it's not exactly an examination of conscience, but it's something similar. So um, what he says is that right when you wake up, you should, you should make an examine of your life and say, what particularly are the areas that I want to grow in today? And then um, after lunch, <clears throat> you make a review of your morning and how you've, um, how you've grown or how you haven't. And then um, after dinner as well. And there's always a rule in these examines uh, that you're supposed to ask the question, is my life glorifying God or is it glorifying myself? Do I live for my own sake and my own glory so that other people know how great I am, so I feel really great? Or am I trying to glorify God so that other people know how great God is? Okay, yeah. so that's always the standard. That's the rule you're checking yourself yeah. against. Everything against that. Yeah. For the, that first principle and foundation, man is created to praise, reverence, and serve God, and by this means to save mm-hmm. his soul. Yeah, everything's about that. Mm-hmm. That's why we exist. Right. And so it's just three times a day, I'm going to check myself to see um, how well am I living out that call. Can I make a quick comment here, a personal Please. comment? I have failed at doing an examine for about 15 years. And what I found recently is that it's a lot easier when you don't try and do it at the end of the day. 
because for a long time I was trying to do it right with like night prayer right before I went to bed. Yeah. Forget it. You're like trashed by that point. But when you can catch it during the day, when you're in the action of it, when you're about to say something stupid and chew out your boss or, or whatever. Yeah. That's when that's when the exam is really helpful. And yeah. God can really work. So I like I like his I like the literal times that he places it at the beginning of the day, midday after lunch, and then at dinner. But not at the end of the day, but at dinner. So. Yeah, and it's a yeah, it's a, it's just a helpful practice to grow in that virtue throughout the day, rather than just saying at the end of the day. You know, I mean, we have with the the liturgy, of the hours, and the kind of perennial tradition of the church something more like the Benedictine tradition mm-hmm. that has, makes an examination of the day at the end. Like just before bed, right? And that can be helpful. But um, Ignatius, yeah, promotes these three times, and I think it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's a really helpful practice. I have not been very good at it, and I, I have to admit that um, I could be much better at this. Um, but anyway, this is this is recommended, and maybe this podcast will help me to kind of step it up and do it again. Are you going to give us the steps? Yep. So there's in five, the Latin five steps. Yep. All right. Gracias, Aje. Gracias, Aje. Pete Lumen. Pete Lumen. Examina. Examina. Dole. Dole. And propone. Propone. Okay, so this is how his exam, this is how he proposes the exam should be done. First, gracias, Aje. So you give thanks to God when you start your exam, you give thanks to God for all of the graces that you've received, for everything that you can think of that God has given you. Um, you say thank you. And this, I think, is just like a, a good practice on its own. Mm-hmm. I remember Father Glenn, um, one of our uh, spiritual fathers and um, good friends, rector of our seminary, um, he used to, he, he would say that he would take five minutes every morning and just spend the time giving thanks to God for everything he can be thankful for. And if it was like very mundane things like coffee and, um, I don't know, hot water in the shower and everything he could think of, you know, everything that was in front of him. I like that. I I, I think that's the the key is starting with gratitude because one of the mistakes I make still with the exam is I go right into like, I am like a terrible human being and this is why. And it's like, wait a second, start with gratitude. And And again, it can be everything. If you think about like childlike, a childlike heart, it can be everything from thank you for the gift of my life. Mm-hmm. How many of us pass every day or some days without actually thanking God for the gift of life that we are, we exist today, to like special case cereal, which yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. love every morning, right? Every, I go for the With granola. But in there. You go for the granola. That says a lot. And the yeah. pancakes on Wednesday. You love those Wednesday pancakes. So, But uh, yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of things yeah, that... Yeah, just gratitude. Yeah. I mean, it makes you... More, more and more aware of God's presence in your life. Yeah. So if we're eventually growing in the ability to see God working in our life and to come to know God that way, then this is a great way to do it. Yeah. Just give thanks periodically. Gracias, so, gracias agens. Pete Lumen. Second step is that you um, ask for light or you ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit to enlighten your vision of your own life. So... We can't see ourselves as well as God sees us. So we're asking God to show us our life. Um, if we just want to look at our life and make an examine without the help of God, 
And we, be, we can be kind of selfish or petty or superficial and miss things. So we're asking, God, be present in this examine so that uh, uh, I can see what you need me to see yeah. about my life. That's a huge paradigm shift as well. Instead of like, we're, especially for your oldest child, let's just put that out there. <laughs> you know, Father Lepsock and I, you're trying to perform, you're trying to do a good job as a Christian, and you feel like a failure. But instead of like making that the drive of your exam and to say, I need to, I need to like turn to, turn to God and, and allow him to illuminate what happened this morning. And it's amazing. You'll see things that just never, you never would have seen on your own because yeah. we really are blind to certain areas of our life. Yeah. And I think that's a huge second yeah, God step. God will bring it much deeper. So if you, you know, if our question is, am I glorifying God or am I glorifying myself? We can get hung up on the same things that we do all the time. Oh, I'm this way. I snub people this way. I have these these sins, and we get to a point where we think we know ourselves. Right. You know, I can predict everything that I do wrong, or everything I do right. And to ask God's grace to open our eyes, um, there are always deeper layers. You know, to the onion of the soul. The onion. I don't know if the onion, <laughs> onion is a very good analogy, but <laughs> I'm thinking of those layers. You know, the layers. No, it's good. Pete okay. lumen. Pete lumen. And then examina. So we've asked for uh, or given thanks to God. We've asked for his light for seeing ourselves. And then um, we make an examine of our life. Um, and that's pretty simple. It's just that question. Am I glorifying myself or am I glorifying God? Are there particular sins in my life um, that are standing in the way of my glorifying God? Are there... Uh, particular graces that God has given me to glorify Him. So uh, it's just an examination at the third step. Yeah. Can I digress into Dickens for a second here? Sure, yeah. I'm on this big Charles Dickens kick because I never read any books for the first 20 years of my life, and now I'm reading everything that Mike read when he was like eight. Tale of Two Cities. Without any appreciation. Tale of Two Cities is a story that takes place in London and Paris, but the spiritual two cities are the two cities of Augustine, Right, the city mm-hmm. of man and the city of God, and and basically what Augustine says is it's either the love of God to the um, detriment of love of self, or the love of self to the detriment of love of God. That's the two cities, and I think that mm. that that helps me to evaluate the day. You know, is this about self love or is this about uh, love of God? Mm. Um, because they really are completely uh, contradictory in, in this fallen sense. So, Tale mm. of Two Cities, read it if you haven't. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's it's helpful to get like the the practicals and some the the kind of artistic spin on this stuff and yeah. to see it played out in people's lives so we can better understand. Okay, um, examina dole. Let me do- ask you a question though about the examina. Do you go by Ten Commandments? Do you go by the Seven Deadly Sins? Do you just kind of free flow? Like, how do you when you think about sin and when you examine according to that? How do you? Oh, you don't personally? have to get into details. Just kind of, what's your style? Now, yeah. Okay, so here's a weakness. I don't know what Ignatius would recommend. Yeah. Me, but just my own style is something more intuitive. Just it's just kinda. like I've asked God for grace to show me, and then I just look at my life and say, um, what can I see with the, you know, with the help of God now? Um, and I don't usually use a rule. I know what sin is because I've been a Catholic for a long time yeah. and I've been confessing for a long time and I've also studied 
moral theology and, you know, ten, I know the Ten Commandments. I know the, you know, I'm well catechized. So I think my, my conscience is fairly well formed. It's, it's always a matter of, you know, development and progress. But um, I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I don't typically have a, a standard by which yeah. to judge. That could actually be helpful, especially if I know this about Ignatius. He recommends if you, that you work on particular things. So if you say, I struggle with this particular sin, we were just talking about pride. Right. If you say, I struggle with pride, then examine that in your life. You know, So it's not just generally, right. I eat too much or I say bad words sometimes or something. But no, it's like, I want to work on pride and working against that. So I'm going to look at that in my life. I think that's a good point. God wants to work in the concrete. In fact, I think he only can work in the concrete. Um, we kind of universalize things, rationalize our lives, and just abstract everything instead mm-hmm. of like, no, that was a sin of gossip, or that was a sin of lust, or whatever it might be, and then really kind of... But I like your intuitive style. I don't know if it's yeah, best I'm to no, be formulaic. I'm no pro. I'm no saint. The yeah. saints are really good at this stuff. Yeah, they are. We're growing. We're that's, working that's on it. That's the purpose of these tools. That's right. Okay, so gratias agens, give thanks, um, ask for light, pete lumen, examina, do the examination. Dole is the fourth step, that's to express sorrow. So once you've recognized that there are things that you do wrong or that, you, that get in the way of your, of your spiritual growth um, and, and the glorification of God, then you say, I'm sorry. You know, it, this this can be a really simple thing. This mm. doesn't have to be like I'm super contrite. I start crying, and, you know, and then I got to go back to work or whatever. Right. It's just people make mistakes, and you say, "God, I'm sorry uh, for these things," and um, kind of just admit something and then uh, move on mm-hmm. by expressing that sorrow. Yeah, I think that's a that compunction. I think of you know, mm. in the uh, imitation of Christ. Um, Thomas Kempis says that. He says it's better to feel compunction than to be able to define it. And there's something about, like, we have to let our hearts kind of move in these things. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just ideas, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and if you're never moved by things. But I think if if you really have the habit of doing an examination, then you also develop a habit of of really feeling, um, I don't know, contrition. Or this is dole, so sorrow. You know, a sorrow yeah. for um, glorifying self and not glorifying God. Yeah. Okay. And the last step is propone. Uh, that's to propose something to yourself or and, and to ask God. You know, you, you've got the gift of the Holy Spirit at this point. You've asked for it. To propose something that can be done so that you grow in a particular area. So if you're, say, my example was pride. I'm thinking about pride. I've seen it in my life. I've expressed sorrow, and um, uh, making some sort of proposal. How can I move on from here? What am I going to do? How do I foster virtue and build good habits when I recognize the bad habits that are sort of plaguing my life? Right. Yeah. It's so funny how um, Ignatius, he amazes me with how simple his spirituality is, but it's so just like right on. I'm like, that's it, you know. If you're not living an examined life, you're not living a human life, right? Mm-hmm. That's that goes back to Socrates, yeah, that's right? Socrates. Yeah. The unexamined life is not worth living. Mm-hmm. How many Americans are living an examined life right now? How many people are actually reflecting on life 
as they live life. Most of us are so busy that um, we're not even thinking about what we're doing. We're just going. And then we shipwreck 20 years down the road, you know. So just that radical act of building in a time of reflecting with Jesus, in Jesus, instead of, I don't know, doing yoga on Thursdays, which I love yoga. I think it's really, actually, (laughs) really fun. But... um, well, it's people, not going to do it for people you. People want to grow in the spiritual life, yeah. and they know that they, they're meant to grow in the spiritual life. You know, when you're a child and you see adults, you say, you know, well, I don't know if children recognize this, but we all know that they're meant to grow. Right. And I think every, every Christian is always meant to be growing, and we have an infinite capacity to grow into the perfection uh, that God has created us for. And so... I hear a lot of Catholics who say, I don't just, I'm not, you know, it's not really going anywhere. It's the same thing all the time. And, or maybe I need a spiritual director or maybe I need some sort of new system or something. Yeah. Um, and this can go a really long way. If you just uh, walk with God in with an examined life and have these basic tools. Yeah. Um, this one is really helpful. I wish I was better at it, you know? Yeah, me too, man. I wish I did it more. And you can never be so advanced that you don't need this very. I think basic people are so exam. intimidated by, um, like, oh, Ignatian spirituality, like, oh, that's so, so lofty, you know. And it's like, nah, just do the examine every day. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Discern that's really, spirits. That's the basis. You know? Yeah, that's it. The spiritual exercises are, that's something different, you know. I don't know what you're going to talk about now, but, or if that was it. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know how we much time, time we have. We're looking at a. Seven hundred and sixty-three clicks. I don't know. Let me go. Can I go through uh, the enemy? Yeah, who's, go. who's going to try to get in your way? Go through so the enemy. So you've got a tool to try to help you with your spiritual growth. Yeah. But there's an enemy. Satan is trying to mess with our spiritual lives. The right. evil one uh, that Ignatius is constantly referring to. That is just a reality. That there are evil influences and uh, forces at at play in the drama of our spiritual lives. And um, this one biblically is called the accuser, you know, the one who, yeah. is, who is trying to accuse us of failing, of not being worth the relationship uh, with God that we've been given, uh, not worthy of salvation, all kinds of accusations, okay? This is the, the evil one. Um, St. Ignatius gives us three metaphors for how the evil one works to try to destroy our spiritual lives or try to impede our progress in the spiritual life. And I'll just run through those. Go for it. Do you remember them? Yeah, and I want to tell a story about Father Drendel in one of them. Oh, yeah, you have... There's a note on your book. Satan is like a woman. Father Drendel's homily. Is like a woman. Yeah. Not a woman. Like a woman. Satan is like a man who, I forget what he does, and then I forget the third one. I guess I only know one. You only know the first one. But the first one is seared into my memory because this old Jesuit got up. Father Ralph Drendel. And he gave that, do you remember that homily? I think he said, I do. Satan is a woman. <laughs> and he, he was preaching this homily about how Satan is a woman and these poor girls in the back of the seminary mass who were coming from the chancery. And uh, they just were like horrified. Margaret Stortz and all of oh, them no. just took off afterwards because he was preaching about Satan is a woman. And he was preaching to the seminary. Preaching to the seminary. And what guys. he meant was this 
image yeah. of he's like a woman, he's like a man in these regards. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So these are numbers 325 to 327 of the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius. The first image is, yes, it's, a, it's like a woman. Now, I think it's a little chauvinist. And I think at this point in history, it would be unwise to characterize um, some of these, uh, I don't, well, just to personify some of these vices in by saying woman. Okay. Um, but he does, that's what Ignatius was talking about in his time. So what he's talking about is, um, is that the devil is a tyrant and a weakling at the same time. So um, the, I'll just read a couple of lines here. The enemy conducts himself as a woman. He is a weakling before a show of strength and a tyrant if he has his will. It is characteristic of a woman in a quarrel with a man to lose courage and take to flight if the man shows that he is determined and fearless. Okay, so he, he goes on a little bit. Now, like I said, I think and I this think is, they're going to like that at Regis High School. I think it's yeah. better, <laughs> and I've seen it presented in the blogs as the devil is a tyrant right. and a weakling, right. kind of omitting the other part. Um, but that's the point. He's saying, if so what, what the devil does is tries to bully us and tries to beat up on us and takes advantage if we show any weakness when the devil is attacking. If we show any weakness, the devil will capitalize on that right. and will push and push and push. Um, but if you push back at all when you're being tempted, when the, when the accuser is, is, is trying to fill your mind with, with wrong thoughts, then he, uh, the devil is a weakling and will flee almost immediately. So um, take, for example... Um, I don't know. I want to resent somebody. I hate my boss. You know, I go to work. Uh, my boss is not the not the best person. But my mind fills immediately with I want to resent this person, and I'm going to waste my whole day, my whole morning. I'm going to impede my spiritual growth. I'm going to miss all my opportunities to glorify God, to interact with the people around me because I'm going to just be pissed off at my boss. Right. right? So at the first sign of this stuff. Ignatius is saying, if you give in and you start to dwell on these thoughts, the devil's just going to play with that, right. and you're going downhill. But if you fight back, even just for a little while, that thought will go away. That's, that's, a, great, that's a great insight, no? It's good to know. You know that tyrant is going to turn into a weakling and flee. Yeah, that's good. So when you're tempted, just... I don't know anything about this, Mike. Push back. Nothing about resentment. Resentment? No. no. Or the this boss? A little too... Uh, too yeah. A little too applicable. Okay, number two. Okay, number two is a seductress. So uh, this is kind of also a feminine kind of thing. PC. But um, his point is that the seductress tries to keep everything secret. So the devil wants you to keep all your sins secret. Keep everything that you think is wrong with you uh, quiet and uh, be afraid to manifest that stuff. So Ignatius says, for this one... Um, have a good uh, confessor or have good spiritual friends who you can be honest with. Right. And if you can tell them about things that are happening in your life, in your sins, then uh, the devil has no chance. Yeah, bring it into the light. Bring it into the light, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the devil wants secrecy. Yeah. And you just got to manifest stuff. Okay, the last one is the devil is like a general. That's what I was talking about, the general. Yeah, the general. So the general... 
um, assesses the field of war and looks for a weakness in your strategy. So you might have some very um, profound virtues, some real strengths in your life, but the devil's going to look for the weakest link and then attack there. Hmm. And, um, and so uh, Ignatius says, well, that's, that's fine. We just have to be able to accept that we really do have weaknesses and then walk in those weaknesses with God, but also recognize our virtues and not be afraid of the assault, yeah. but also be well enough aware of ourselves to know where we're going to be attacked and to kind of protect those areas. Yeah. So that's part of self-knowledge. Where do you get self-knowledge? Holy do Spirit. the examine, rely yeah. on the Holy Spirit, live an examined life. Yeah, I think that's so good. I think it's so it's so good to reflect on um, how does Satan actually work? What are his tactics? And, and Ignatius is really big on that. And I think just naming him as the accuser, I, I find myself coming back to that a lot in uh, spiritual direction. Yeah. To tell people over and over again, the voice of accusation is never of God. If you find yourself being accused, that's not of God, which means you need to resist that. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not real. And uh, when people accuse you, and when we find ourselves accusing others, we got to ask ourselves, is this really of God? Where does that Because we from? might think yeah. we're doing it. You've watched me do this many times. You know, I might think that I'm doing something for the glory of God, but accusation is not of God. Yeah. So I like that. Well, yeah. We all do. Well, that's yeah, Ignatius. Good. Well done. Yeah, well thanks, done. man. We love, love Ignatius. We love Ignatius. We've, we're big we, fans. And we're very grateful for Father Drendel and Father Gronsky. And Father Drendel, Father Gronsky, Father Buckley, the way all these old Jesuits. And then the young ones, too, who we really love here. Father Vincent Strand being ordained soon for uh, in Milwaukee in the next few days. Great young Jesuits yeah, coming through. Nice. Very happy to be with them here in Rome and celebrate. Um, shout outs. I got a big one. Jonathan Minto. Yes. So Johnny Minto, who's been a a friend of mine, John Minto and I were with Mike Homo, my brother Steve, on a road trip in Banff, Canada, listening to a really horrible podcast on exorcism by the Catholic Stuff You Should, or by the Stuff You Should Know, guys. We thought we should start our own podcast called Catholic Stuff. And Johnny Minto's been in on this thing since the beginning. Mm -hmm. John's going to go to med school next year. And has to step out. John's been a behind-the-scenes guy, doing everything from just encouraging us to keep at it to buying us gear and shipping it over here. Everything we're looking at right here uh, yeah. was bought personally by John Minto. So if you're happy for the podcast, you need to say a prayer and uh, gratitude for John Minto because he has been the man. Yeah, thank uh, you, John. So Johnny's going to be stepping out. And good luck with med school. You're going to do summer. great. He's a great friend. We're he'll stay, he'll stay a great friend of the podcast and the companions. But um, I just... Love, I love you, Johnny, and uh, I'm grateful for your friendship. You're, uh, you're one of a kind, and uh, you're a great husband. I got to say his wedding, which is a real honor, and uh, now he's a father. So, so here's to Johnny Minto. Thanks for all his work. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Pretend like you have right. any, something yeah, in your glass. Yeah, I don't have anything go. left in my glass. Well, you got anybody else? Nope. That's it. I guess yeah. I guess that's it. You know, we got all these people who write in and want, want shout-outs, but we forget to look at the... Yeah, I, mean, I don't keep track of things well enough. I'm so bad at email. We're going to have to do one of these podcasts on returning emails. Are you sure? Uh, I'm going to say... I brought here, up this topic at, red, at lunch you know, yesterday, and, and, and uh, Father Mike immediately changed the conversation topic. So. <laughs> I just turned to somebody else to talk about <laughs> 
He thinks he's real sneaky, these Minnesotan types. So, well, that's good. That was a that was great, great topic, great information. I He gave that uh, content in a homily to my parents and I in October, and it really changed my life around the uh, exam. So thank you for yeah, challenging me thank again you, Saint tonight. Ignatius. And St. Ignatius. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully this is uh, something we all kind of pick up a little better. So, right on. Good luck with prayer. Okay, uh, that's it for tonight. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for your emails. And um, I think that's it. We'll Until see next you uh, next time. <laughs>